Welcome to episode three of Fun of the Run podcast. I'm Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady on Instagram, where I post all kinds of crazy stuff about my running life, and you can always find me there. I wanted to remind you to please feel free to email me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com or direct message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to shout out Christy and Amy. They both sent me just the most sweet emails, and I truly appreciate both of you just taking the time to let me know that my words resonated with you, and I'm just honored and humbled that, that people are relating to the things that I'm saying, and if I can help in just a little teensy way, that's just made all of this worth it, so thank you, thank you again. And without further ado, let's get into my 2022 Bank of America Chicago Marathon experience. Okay, so Chicago Marathon is one of the six Abbott World Marathon majors. So a world major marathon is... They're just these very large uh, races. Chicago Marathon, when I ran it in 2022, had 40,000 participants. So I don't know about you, but I live in the Phoenix, Arizona area. It's a huge city, millions of people. But the races that I've run, you know, here, um, the marathon that I ran in Mesa, Arizona, you know, we're talking maybe total, including the half marathon distance and everything. I want to say maybe 9,000 people. So we are talking a huge, huge, huge race, 40,000 people in Chicago. Uh, the six world marathon majors are the Tokyo, the BAA Boston Marathon, TCS London Marathon, the BMW Berlin Marathon, the Bank of America Chicago Marathon, and the TCS New York City Marathon. So they are from there. I got all of that from Google. Well, most of what I just said. And there's this, basically there's this six star system. So each one of these six marathons, if you complete them in the, before the course limit, okay, you get a star. And so when you run all six of these within the course limits and you complete those races, you can earn a six star medal. And it's just this prestigious honor that, you know, people strive for for years to try to get this six star medal. And, you know, hey, I think it's great. I think it's something great to work towards. It's not something I'm really looking to do, but that's the hype of of these world marathon majors. So we're talking about Chicago specifically. I didn't run Chicago because I was trying to get my six stars. I just wanted to run it for fun. So there are several different ways that you can get into the Chicago marathon. They say, I don't know who they are, okay, but they say that Chicago is the easiest of the six to get into. So the application period for the Chicago Marathon opens in October and it closes in November and you find out whether or not you got in in December. So for the 22 Chicago, 2022 Chicago Marathon, I entered the lottery or the drawing or whatever you want to call it um, in 2021, in October of 2021. And then I found out in December of 2021 that my application had been selected and that I was going to be able to run the 2022 Chicago Marathon. Um, there are a few different ways that you can get guaranteed entry into the race besides the lottery. The, well, the lottery is not guaranteed. But what I'm trying to say is there are several different ways that you can get into the Chicago Marathon. So real quick, I'm just going to go through a couple of those for you. There's the lottery, which is the way I got in. There are charity bibs. So um, the website that I went to, which was the Chicago Marathon website, said that there were over 10,000 people that ran on charity bibs during the Chicago Marathon. And that basically you sign on with a specific charity, they accept you, yes or no, and then you have to raise a certain amount of money. And if, you know, in order to run, 
if you do not finish raising that amount of money by a certain point in time, I don't know if it's a month, I think it's about a month post-marathon, you are responsible for paying the difference. And there, okay, so that's, so we've talked about the lottery and then charity bibs. You can also get in through an international tour program if you are out of the country, out of the United States. Didn't look into all the specifics of that, but you basically pay, you know, for this tour. And I think that pays your race entry and it's for hotels. It's probably really expensive, I'm guessing. There is a way to get into Chicago through time qualification. That would be a guaranteed entry. For my age group, which is 40 to 49, and I'm a woman, I would have to run a 350 marathon to qualify to get into Chicago through guaranteed entry. You can get into Chicago Marathon as a legacy finisher. So if you have run five or more Chicago marathons within the last decade, you get a guaranteed entry. If you run the Shamrock Shuffle, 8k it looks like four or more times in the last i don't know how many years you get a guaranteed entry into chicago 2023 so again i don't know how all of those work oh i forgot one more there's the american development program that again is some kind of qualification standards for men and women i don't know how any of those work i'm just stating these are the different ways to get into chicago Okay, so I obviously got in through the lottery. Um, So what happened is I had said I wasn't running any more marathons, of course. My coach didn't believe me. My husband didn't believe me. And like I said, they're smart not to believe me. Don't ever listen. Don't ever believe me if I tell you I'm never running another marathon or ultra or anything because I'm probably just tired and frustrated and, you know, whatever. So don't listen if I ever say that to you. But I said I wasn't running any more marathons. But when I saw the application window open up for Chicago, I jumped in, you know, put my credit card info online and and just waited. So how this works, how the registration process works is you sign up for the lottery and you so how this how the lottery process works is when the lottery opens up, you go ahead and you go to the Chicago Marathon website, you put in whatever information they ask for, and you wait, and you wait. So that's in October. In December, you will either get an email saying you were selected, or I think you get one that says you weren't, but I can't remember. But I got one that said I was accepted. So immediately I went to my bank account and saw that $230 had been deducted from my checking account. So that's another thing to keep in mind when you sign up for a lottery. If you get accepted and your application gets chosen, they will charge you immediately for the full price of the race registration. Right now, Chicago is $230. I said that. But that's another way to know is maybe you didn't get an acceptance email, but you looked at your bank account and you see Bank of America, Chicago Marathon, and they deducted money. That means you're in. You just, your email's probably in your spam. So check that. Okay, so enough blathering. I was injured the first part of 2022. So as soon as I knew that I was going to run Chicago, I was like, okay, that is like the focus of 2022. But I was injured and I hurt my foot somehow. I had run a half marathon. I had run, I guess I had run a marathon October of 2021 as well. And I had just kept pushing through the pain um, until one day I got a free entry to a 10K. And this was in February of 2022. I got a free entry to a 10K. Um, Someone, you know, transferred their bib to me. And I started running and the pain in my foot was so bad. I looked and I was last place in this 10K and there was a truck on my heels and it was, I was only like maybe one mile in at the most. I was one mile in. And I, so I still had like another 5.2 miles 
my foot hurt so bad. I was just almost in tears. I, I turned around and I just walked back to the truck following me. I unpinned my bib and I said, sir, I'm not finishing this race. I, I can't do this for five more miles. I can't have you following me. It's too stressful. I can finish this. I can totally do this, but I'm not, I'm not going to do it if you're going to be riding my heels. And he's like, okay, we'll go, go back to the start line and give them your bib. So I limped my way back to the start line and handed my bib in and said, I'm, I'm not doing this. Got you guys, that is the first race that I ever quit ever. And I was in so much pain. So here's what I did. I'm such a smart person. Okay. I am so such a brainiac. I jumped in my car and I, of course I'm humiliated at this point too. I am so embarrassed that I, that I quit this race, even though you guys, I was in so much pain and I'm going to just tell you something. Okay. We're breaking in here a little bit. Okay. This is like a juicy aside. I have six kids. Okay. All six of my kids were born at home with a midwife with no pain meds. And my smallest baby was eight pounds and three ounces. My biggest baby was 10 pounds and nine ounces. That's not going to mean a lot probably to you men that are listening, but you women, 10 pounds, nine ounces is big. Some of you probably had bigger. I'm not bragging here or anything saying I'm amazing. I'm just, what I'm trying to tell you, I can handle pain. Okay. So if I broke out of this race and gave up and walked back and turned my bib in, I was in pain. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I, I know I joke about being a weenie and a wimp. I'm really not. Okay. So, but here's what a brainiac I am. I hop in my car and I drive like an hour away and hop on this trail I have never run even once in my lifetime. And I decide I'm going to go ahead and just grind out this 10 mile run that's on my training plan today. Yeah, I just quit this race, but so what? You know, this, I can take my time and grind out those 10 miles. Yeah, guess what? I ground out the 10 miles and almost... I was in, I walked basically for eight of the 10. The pain was so bad that I found myself at the physical therapist's office. I think as ASAP, like I started calling around for a physical therapist, ended up getting an MRI. It was a nightmare. This does have to do with Chicago. So I know I'm kind of on a tangent, but I was in a lot of pain. Okay. So remember this is February and Chicago's in October. So what is that? Eight, eight months, right? away. So I'm in all this pain. I end up getting an MRI, um, which, you know, I had to wait weeks for. And while I was waiting for the MRI, the doctor said, no, don't even walk around your house any more than you need to, because you could have a stress fracture and blah, blah, blah. With the amount of miles that you run, you very well could have one. And after the stress fracture was ruled out, I had to ride a bike for like a month straight and no running. And then finally I was allowed to start one minute jogging and four minutes walking for like a total of 10 minutes. And it, you guys, it was like starting over again. Okay. Those of you that have been injured understand that. So what I'm trying to say is time is ticking away here. And if I'm going to really run Chicago marathon in October, then I need to start training at the latest, the beginning of June. I like to have 18 weeks, you know, 16 to 18 weeks to train for a marathon and time was just ticking so fast and there was still no for months and months. So the first half of the year, pretty much, I didn't know if I was going to be able to actually run Chicago. It was like, that was 2022 was like the year of <laughs> trying to run Chicago marathon, you know, so I'm doing these PT exercises and I'm stretching and I'm doing mobility and I'm being good and doing all this stuff, you know, and as I would be in physical therapy and, and the guy would be like scraping my shins and different things. And I'd be like, aha. And he'd be like, well, how bad do you want to run Chicago? It's like that. I want to run it bad. Okay. Then, you know, okay. So fast forward to the first week of June and thank God my physical therapist released me and said that if I wore the brace that he had recommended for every single time I run, if I wore that brace, if I continued to warm up and stretch and do these PT exercises, that I could attempt to train for Chicago. So that's what I did. Okay. Another tangent. Okay. Because 
That's my middle name, apparently, is Tangent. I live in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and I'm starting marathon training in June. In 2022, according to AccuWeather.com, Phoenix had 145 days of 100 degree or higher heat. Um, So according to KTAR.com, which is a local radio station here, 22 of those days were at least 110. And the average the average time that of year that our 100, 100 degree days start is the beginning of May, although there have been years where it has started as early as March. Our last 100 degree day on average is the beginning of October, but the earliest, no, the latest that we've ever had a 100 degree day is October 27th. So when I commit to training for a marathon, in the fall, a fall marathon, I know good and well, that means I'm going to be trying to escape heat stroke in the summer. Last year, I looked and there was a point during the year, during the summer, as I was training, the low never got below 90. And so it didn't matter if I got up in the middle of the night when it's pitch black out 2 a.m. to start my, you know, 12 mile run or whatever, it was still going to be 90 degrees. And so anytime I had a double digit run during this Chicago marathon training cycle, I was on the treadmill because there was just no way. Um, I'm slow. I've already told you that. And if I'm going to run 10 miles, it's going to minimum take me two and a half hours on a really good day. And with this heat, it would take me even longer. So it's probably more like three hours. And that's just a recipe for heat stroke, in my humble opinion. And I've had experience with getting sick in the heat. And uh, they say, again, I don't know who they is, but they say that once you have had heat sickness, that it's you are more susceptible to it. And I have found that to be true Um, since I first got sick about three summers ago. Now I have to be really careful. My arms turn into where they feel like these like jello noodles. And then I know ah, I pop the salt tabs and um, just, you know, get home as fast as I can find shade, you know, so you just, you have to be really careful because the heat kills. All right. Those of you that have lash sickles right now, as I'm recording this, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say my summers are worse than your winters. I have no idea, but this is just part of my Chicago marathon journey. Okay. So I start training and I, I do it. I suffer through the summer and I spend the summer full of doubts and, and fears. And so the Chicago marathon cutoff for the race is six hours and 30 minutes. So another thing to keep in mind, if you're going to do a race like this is especially Chicago, I'm, well, I'm sure New York is similar, but you have to really plan what you're, where you're going to stay. And I have never been to Chicago at, at this point. And so I have no clue where to stay. Where's the finish line? Where's the start line? I don't want to walk 10 miles to get back to my hotel. I don't want to rent a car because I don't think that's really what you do if you're going to fly into Chicago. So I'm feeling this out the months ahead of time. Um, what I found out was I would, I would message different people on Instagram that I knew had either lived in Chicago or had run the Chicago marathon before. They were very helpful to give me tips and tricks. Um, one in particular was Brandy, the runner, which I'm sure many of you probably already follow on Instagram. She used to live in Chicago and she's like, Hey, you're going to ride the train or, you know, do this. And she was extremely helpful. Chicago marathon website has a uh, a separate place where I can't remember exactly now how to get to it, but they have a list of uh, basically hotels that work with them where they block off books of rooms for the Chicago marathon runners. You get a deal and you know that they are all right there close to the race start and finish. That's what I did. I went through them and it was great. I was very close to the start line and I was very close to the finish line. I was able to walk everywhere I needed to go. I did not have any issues. I stayed in the Sheraton Grand Chicago. So if that helps anybody, that's where I stayed. Um, 
And then also, you know, we had to get plane tickets. I had to figure out where my kids were going to stay. My husband flew to Chicago with me. So he, you know, plane tickets for two hotel room for two, you know, you got to think of the cost of food. This was a super expensive trip, but you know, it was really fun too. All right. So let's get to the actual race itself. I think I've given you more than you ever wanted to know about the pre-race stuff. So we flew in on Friday. Chicago Marathon took place on Sunday, October 9th, 2022. We flew in on Friday and we went to the expo on Saturday. And this expo, you guys, is unreal. So huge. So many fun things to do. You can wait in line to get this like t-shirt, this free t-shirt that they stamp something about Chicago on and so many freebies. And I just spent so much money because there was so much cool so many cool Chicago, just, you know, shirts that said Chicago or, you know, visors or just marathon gear and stuff. It was just, they had hats and socks and shoes and everything you could possibly think of, but just in other marathons were there. And it was just a really, really cool expo. So make sure that you, if you do run this race, that you give yourself plenty of time to be at the expo because you could literally stay for hours and not run out of things to do. It was amazing. Um, I also went to a meetup after that with some Instagram friends at the Bean there in Chicago. Um, When you're in Chicago, the best ways to get around are either the train or the bus. And at least those are the most economic ways. I think there were people that Ubered, but we couldn't afford that. So we did the train or the bus. And again, Brandy, the runner, was super helpful. She took us to the trains for the first time and helped us figure out how to how to get the tickets. And uh, she even walked with me to the start line um, on the morning of the race. So she was super awesome in helping make my Chicago experience great. Okay, so this is going to get a little bit personal, but you're probably expecting that because it's me. All right, so we fly into Chicago, we go to bed. The morning of the expo, and I think this is how it went, I believe it was the morning of the expo, I woke up and I was just devastated because, okay, I'm trying to think of how to say this discreetly, but it's it's a huge part of the story, so I need to tell you. I'm 48, and Men, maybe you want to plug your ears for a few minutes. I don't I don't know. But this is a part of life, okay? I'm 48 years old, and I have not hit menopause yet, but I'm in that kind of perimenopause stage of life, and I have been for a few years. So people that are in this stage of life can go months without having their monthly cycle. They can go months. Or they could have two or three in one month. Okay, I've been both in both places. Well, this particular day, it had been about four months since I had had one. And it decides to show up in all its glory Saturday morning, the day before 2022 Chicago Marathon. Okay, so that sounds bad enough, right? Well, here's one more fact for you. After four months of of nothing... When it decides to show up, how can I say this without being disgusting? It's not just a little, little situation. It's a, it, it can be a super huge, like a massacre took place or is taking place in your uterus. Okay. So I'm going to leave it at that. It was really bad. That's all I'm going to say. It was very, very, very bad. And I did not feel very, very, very good. Okay. But I made it okay through Expo Day because the first day is usually okay. It's day two that is always bad for me. Well, guess what, everybody? Day two was marathon day. Woohoo! Yeah. Saturday night, I slept horrible. And I was just in pain and I was coughing and it was just, it was really bad. Like I seriously had doubts that I was going to be able to get up in the morning. How could I possibly run 26.2 miles? How? How? 
And, and just think about the fact that, you know, I had spent all of this money on a custom, you know, jersey to wear and that had my name on the front and the back. And we spent thousands of dollars, really, you know, we spent plane tickets and hotel and, and my kids are staying, you know, somewhere back home so that I can run this race. And, you know, just all of the, all of those months of suffering in the summer heat, excuse me, all of those months of, of training in the summer heat and trying not to get heat stroke. And here I am just like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this. But I did, I got up and I think it was four in the morning or something. I get up and I put on my Jersey and I get all ready and I meet Brandy in the lobby and, and we, and we go. So I'm going to explain one more thing about these world major marathons. Actually, I don't know if this is true for all of the world major marathons because I'm not an expert, but this is how Chicago works. Okay. There are three waves. And when you register or when you, um, when you get into the marathon, they want to know an approximate finish time and they assign you to a wave, wave one, two, or three. Within each wave are several corrals. So I was wave three corral in and was the very last back of the back of the back of the back corral. And it was wave three, which started last. So the faster people start first, the slower people start last. And that's just how it works. But your where you are placed is according to your projected finish time. So there was an opportunity before, I want to say a, a month or so before the race, where I could have asked to get moved to a different corral. I don't know if I could have moved to a different wave, but I could have moved to a different corral. But I didn't see the point. I didn't, back then, I, I would have done it. If I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have absolutely tried. There's no guarantee that you'll get moved, but you can try. I wish I would have done that, and you'll hear why as we progress. Okay. So I'm in the very last corral. We were supposed to start at 835. So you walk down to, um, to the start line or take a bus or how, however you're going to get there. There's a ton of volunteers that show you where to go. You won't get lost tons of porta potties. And then you just kind of wait. So by the time I crossed the starting line, it was eight. 55. So it was 20 minutes after my wave started. So my official time started when I crossed the start line. Okay. So when I first started running, I already told you I was feeling awful. I was not feeling good. And I'm like, yeah, just having some real issues. Okay. Physically. And I was not prepared I had brought some supplies with me from home just in case, but I did not bring enough because I really was not expecting to, to have these perimenopausal issues during the Chicago marathon. So I didn't have enough of what I needed, but I was making do with what I had. I was able to run the first about three miles. And then I saw a, a porta potty and I'm like, oh, I can make it. I don't, I don't need to stop. I think I'll be okay. So I made it to the next rest, uh, rest stop. Like we're on the highway aid station, but I had to stop that time. So, you know, every stop counts. I mean, as far as your time, you're on this, you have six hours and 30 minutes and 59 seconds to complete this, this race. Okay. That's the course cutoff. So, and supposedly that, that time starts when the last runner crosses the start line. So the six hours and 30 minutes starts when that last runner crosses the starting line, even if it's 30 minutes after, you know, the waves start. So that's how it goes. Well, as this race is progressing, I'm feeling worse and I'm running, walking finally, and just run walking and doing what I can do. And just thinking, you know what, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to keep pushing. I've got to do this. I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to finish the thing. And so I'm, I'm going slow, but I feel like, you know, I'm doing it. I'm doing pretty good. Um, despite just feeling like 
garbage. Well, I ended up having to have another bathroom stop. And I kind of forgot that I had my name on the front and back of my shirt, as I mentioned. And I highly recommend that if you're going to run Chicago Marathon, you want your name on the front and back. Because hearing people yell, go Michelle, Michelle, you're killing it. You're awesome. Just hearing people call you out personally and cheer for you personally, it made such a huge, huge difference. So I highly recommend that. But it threw me off when I was at a specific aid station because I went into a J. John, there was no toilet paper. I head out and there's this guy, I guess he was the aid station captain. He's like, Michelle, are you okay? Is everything okay, Michelle? And I'm like, uh, yeah, there's just no toilet paper in there. And so I had to like exit one and go into another one. <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> I get out of there and, and I don't know what mile this was at, but I'm struggling. Okay. I'm feeling like garbage. I already told you that. I get to the halfway point. So we're about 13.1 miles in and I hear tires on the road and I'm like, tires, like what in the world? And mind you, there are people in front of me. There are people beside me. There are people behind me, not a ton of people, but you know, obviously the crowd thins out as you, as you go, but I hear tires on the road and I turn around and I just see this long convoy of vehicles. It was the pacer car and he was keeping pace at 15 minute miles. And I knew that if I was behind this car, that I was not going to finish before the cutoff. Now, mind you, this is halfway. I've got still just as far to run as I've already come. I feel terrible. I, I could not believe it. I was just very devastated. And there are pictures of me you can see me running and then you can see the pace car, this like trail of cars behind me because there were not just pace. There wasn't just the pace car. There were garbage trucks. There were, I don't know, other race vehicles, maybe ambulance. I don't know. There's all of these different vehicles and it was so discouraging that I, I honestly, at that moment, I thought, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't think I can do this. I, I can't run beside a pace car for 13.1 miles and, and stress that if he passes me, I'm not going to make it. Like, I, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. And I had to decide in that moment, do I, do I quit? This isn't my day. You know, this is not my day. This is, it's not my fault that I'm 48 years old, <laughs> you know, and there's a massacre happening in my body right now. And, you know, that I'm dragging, you know what I'm saying? I put in the training, I put in all this hard work, I spent all this money and it's still, look how things are turning out. And I think I prayed, I know I prayed and I found a song to listen to and I just, I kept going one foot in front of the other and de determined that, no, I, I'm going to finish this thing. And I thought, even if I finish this thing and, and there's blood all over the back of my skirt, because I, you know, you know what I'm saying? If I have to just hobble in, if I have to, whatever, I'm finishing it. I don't care. I don't care. I'm finishing this thing. You know, they're just going to have to to deal with it. You know, they're just gonna have to deal with me doing this. I'm finishing the thing, whatever. So I did have a moment, a moment. Okay. And it was tough, but I kept pushing on and I ran when I could, and I walked when I had to and for miles and miles. All right. So there are still people cheering along the way. It was not, you know, I've heard Chicago is a marathon for back of the pack runners. I've heard that and that it's very back of the pack friendly. And, and I've heard people say there will be cheerleaders every section of, it doesn't matter where you're running, oh, you will have cheers. Well, I will tell you that as a back of the pack runner, that is not necessarily true because there were several parts of, of the race that there was nobody cheering. And it was me. I remember one time specifically, it was me walking over a bridge and there was a lady several 
feet, yards, whatever, half a mile behind me. And I don't think there was anybody that I could see in front of me. And it was me. There weren't cheerleaders. There weren't, you know, it was me. So there will not be people cheering every second of the race. I mean, just being realistic with you there. But there were still plenty of people cheering. It's just there were sections where there wasn't anybody. But we kept going through and there would be people dancing and people yelling. And, and it, you know, there were still very supportive people. One time I stopped off. I could not get my phone back into my my pocket on the back of my shirt. I did not. Chicago does not allow you to carry hydration vests. Um, they're against the regulations ever since the Boston Marathon bombing back in 2013. So I train with a hydration vest. So that threw me for a loop. So I ended up ordering a cycling jersey that had these big pockets basically on my bottom. So I look like I had like twice as big of a bottom as I, as I do anyways. But I shoved all my gels and my phone and everything back there. Well, I couldn't get my phone back in there. So I found a spectator on the side. I'm like, hey, can you put my phone back in? And this lady was so kind and she did it and zipped the pocket up for me and all of that. But anyhow, there were a lot of people cheering, but I just had to tell you that it's not every single second. It just isn't if you're a back of the pack person like me. So anyhow, um, as the race progressed, and I'm thinking more like, I don't know if this was 20 miles in, but the garbage truck started, they were, they had actually gotten in front of me. So I knew that I wasn't finishing before the course cut off at this point. I had to weave my way through garbage trucks on both sides of the road. They started tearing down. Now, this was not at 20 miles. They started tearing aid stations down. I think pretty much once I got to the halfway point, they started tearing aid stations down. Um, in the later stages of the race, there was no water. There was no, there was nothing. They had big... Um, street sweepers sweeping the streets that you had to run around or walk around, whatever you happen to be doing at the time. They had the tables um, put away. So the aid station volunteers were, some of them were on like, I just remember seeing like a, it's not a backhoe, but like a forklift lifting these big pallets of water that we needed because there were still hundreds of people out on the course, but they we're removing these pallets of water because no, it's past the time and you don't get this water. So they were taking the water and at a mile about 23, my handheld was empty. I was, I was running with one handheld water bottle and there was a man, just a private citizen handing out water to the back of the pack runners because he realized that the aid stations were closed and that we needed water. So he was handing out his own personal bottles of water to us, which honestly was a huge help because I had no other way of getting water. So also at this point, I don't know why, but I had gotten another blister on the bottom of, of my right foot. Actually, it was on both feet this time. And at about mile 23, I felt it pop and it was under the hole under my toes, under that whole pad of your foot area. So it was a pretty huge blister and I felt it pop, but it's like, oh, well, I'm finishing this thing. I am finishing this race. I am this close. Towards the very end of the course, you know, you realize that it's almost like, I, I don't want to say this because I don't want to be like, I don't want to discourage you from running the Chicago Marathon, okay? <laughs> but towards the end, especially the last mile, mile and a half, it was almost like there wasn't a race going on anymore. We were diverted to the sidewalks at about mile 23. And we're at about the same place where the man told me, you know, was giving me, was giving us his personal water bottles. We were diverted to the sidewalk. The police diverted us to the sidewalk and said, you have to stay on the sidewalks now. You cannot be in the road. Well, the problem with running on the sidewalks is that this particular spot in Chicago had a lot of restaurants where 
there are people eating on the patios and which means on the sidewalk. And so I had to literally run on the sidewalk and dodge people coming in and out of restaurants in line to go in and out of restaurants and between the tables where people were bringing food to their customers sitting outside at tables. I had to dodge these diners and and they're just staring at me like, what are you doing running down the sidewalk? It was very, that part of the race, when I think about it, was really humiliating. It, it was really humiliating. But we got past that and you kind of got to figure out which way to go. And, and you kind of figure it out and you realize you're getting close to the finish line. So I turned right and I could see at this point, I know I was getting close because there were a lot more spectators and it was almost like it was a finisher shoot, but I couldn't see the finish line yet. But I saw Kelly Roberts and um, just other people and they're screaming my name, Michelle, you got this. And it was, it was huge. I started crying again because I was so discouraged at this point. And then just having people yell and tell me what an awesome runner I was and how amazing I was that I was almost there. It just, it brought me to tears. And I thought, you know what? That's true. I'm going to do this thing. I turned the corner again to the left and I saw the finish line. And you guys, I was like, the finish line, it's still there. And I was so excited. It's this big, red, iconic finish, finisher's arch. And, you know, the timing mats under it and you just, you're like, I'm going to, yes, you know, I start heading towards it. And then I realize I can't go that way because it's closed. And so I said this in my last episode, but it's the truth. I was diverted to a dirty sidewalk behind a chain link fence. They did have a small little timing mat there and they had some volunteers standing on each side of the finish line. And they, they did, they cheered for me, but, and I raised my arms and, you know, triumph that I made it, but it was really disappointing. And it was, it was a real letdown, um, to not finish under that arch. But nevertheless, I just was like, whatever. I did it. I smiled. I They handed me a bottle of water. I think, I don't know, banana or something. And one of those like heat sheets, I didn't need it, but I'm like, I don't care if I need it. I put it on and I posed for a picture and I held my medal up and I took a selfie and posted it to Instagram. I finished and I was so proud of myself because even though it was not what I was expecting it to be. It was not what I wanted it to be. My goal for Chicago Marathon was five hours and 58 minutes, which would have put me well under the cutoff time. I really could have done that if I would have woken up that day and had a good day. If I would not have been dealing with the issue physically that I was dealing with, I would have been able, I, I really truly believe I could have done 558 and I would have gotten to run under that finisher's arch and that would have been amazing. But you know, God had other plans apparently and I didn't, I wasn't able to do that, but I still finished and I am still so proud that even though it wasn't my day, I still covered the distance despite the rough day I had you know, besides feeling like trash, I still push through and, and to push through when you're feeling terrible and to push through when they're sweeping up trash around you, to push through when the garbage trucks are cleaning things up and like, you know, like, and when you're running through diners on a patio and to push through when, you know, your body is just like, fighting against you, you know, it feels like, and, and to push through when, when you don't get the finish that you were wanting. And I think that that shows a lot of, of grit. I really do. And I almost feel like I should be more proud of that race, you know, than some others I've been through because it was so hard. I ended up with a finish time of seven hours, 18 minutes and 13 seconds. Now I'm going to throw this in to not, not to be a brat, but there was one thing that really bothered me later. 
So I told you that I was in Corral in wave three. Well, there was someone else that I knew finished that I found out later that had finished. They, they had almost the exact same finish time that I did. I mean, we're talking within less than, we're talking about three minutes difference. And they were able to finish under the arch and get finish line photos because they were in a different wave. And that was hard to stomach that if I, you know what I'm saying? I could have said, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why they were in that wave, but they were in a different wave. And even though they ran essentially the same time I did, they got the experience that I wanted to have. And that stuck in my craw a little bit, but that, but quickly I just had to let it go because, oh, well, you know, it was hard to stomach that, but I don't begrudge that to them. That's, I'm glad that they were able to have that experience, but it still was hard. Okay. So when I crossed the finish line, there were still, there, there weren't people like at the finish line, finish line, you know, because like I said, it was on a sidewalk behind a chain link fence. There was only a few volunteers around, but once you got out of that finishing area, there were still a ton of people milling around and taking photos and celebrating. And so there were still like a lot of people. So, and one thing I will say is everybody, um, the next day after the marathon, every, I mean, I saw so many people walking around wearing their Chicago medals and everywhere we went, people would tell me congratulations. They didn't know I took over seven hours to finish the race. They just said, they just saw the medal and said, congratulations. And I just, thank you. You know, and the further away I got from the race and away from the emotions of the day, I realized, realized how proud that I really should be because it was a huge accomplishment. And it, it was a once in a lifetime trip for me. I'm not planning on doing Chicago again um, because there are so many other races that I want to run. But I have no regrets that I was there that day and I have no regrets for running the 2022 Bank of America Chicago Marathon. It was epic in its own way. It was not as back of the pack friendly as I had heard that it was. That was that was the only letdown is it was not, you know, I didn't expect everything to be shut down so quickly. There was somebody that's on the course that day that said, or maybe it wasn't on the course that day. Maybe it was in my Facebook group. But they said that they had run that race for 19 years in a row and that that was the, the earliest that they had ever seen the aid stations be shut down. So that was very disappointing to hear that. Like, oh, yeah, the year I come, you got to shut the aid stations down earlier than normal. Great, you know. But, you know, it was, although it didn't go the way I wanted it to, I'm still thankful that I was able to be there no regrets. I, I wish I would have felt better, but you know, I want to just encourage you because again, this is the fun of the run podcast. So I'm not trying to make this Chicago experience a depressing one. You, when you sign on to train for a race and when you register and you commit to doing it, you don't have any guarantees of how you're going to feel come race morning. It's just like when you're training, you know, you could have a really awesome run or you could have a terrible run and you're just thinking, where did that come from? We're human, you know, and you just don't know what kind of a day you're going to have on race day. I mean, it's months, you know, in, in my case, I knew I was running Chicago since December of 2021 and it wasn't until the following October that I crossed that start line. You just can't know how you're going to feel. So. I have to give myself grace and I had to give myself grace then. I finished that thing. I was still so proud. My husband was proud of me. He, you know, treated me like a princess, so to speak. He went and got me whatever I wanted. I had pizza to choose from. I had spaghetti. I had, I wanted a 
Sprite or Dr. Pepper, not Dr. Pepper, 7-Up or something, which I don't even drink soda. But for some reason, after this marathon, I wanted soda so bad. And he went out and just tried to find me one, even though he doesn't know his way around Chicago. He was super supportive. I was able to wear my medal home on the plane, just like a ton of other people did. Ever, so many people at the airport wearing their medals, walking around town. Every, so many people were wearing their medals. I highly recommend running a world marathon major if it's in your budget, if you can make it in your budget, if you can swing it, if it's something that you want to do. I do highly recommend it. Um, if you're a back of the pack runner, just be prepared that make sure that, you know, that you have realistic expectations in your mind because a lot of the experiences that you're going to read about will be from people that, that are not at the back of the pack. So just keep that in mind. I'm not telling you not to run it. I'm just saying, let's be realistic and, and just think about those things. Okay. So Again, it was a great race. It wasn't my day, but that, but everything was, as far as the way that the expo was organized, the communication from Chicago Marathon about packet pickup, about race day, about starting line, about corral assignments, it was all very well done and very well executed. Zero complaints in that department. Uh, very well organized race day. I had no trouble finding where I needed to be or where my corral was or where the porta potties were, where the water stations were. It was everything was set up really, really well. And so I have no complaints that way. If you are thinking about running the Chicago Marathon, go for it and you won't regret it. I think that it's it. I think going into even these experiences that maybe aren't ideal, they build grit and they build character. And as runners, we need grit. Okay. We need, we need to build character because sometimes we get into some pretty tough situations. Okay. If you have any questions about this episode, things you wish that I would have brought up or topics that I, that I forgot to mention about the Chicago Marathon, please shoot me an email at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can always direct message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. As always, I appreciate so much the fact that you took time out of your busy day to listen to me ramble and lather on on this podcast. It means so much to me that you, that you're here. And I hope that you will join me next time. This is Michelle, and this has been the Fun of the Run podcast.